and welcome to episode 29 of Shortbox Summary. I am your host, George, here with a very special guest, but we'll get to that in a second. If you're listening to this podcast, that's incredibly cool. It's a big, weird internet out there, and you found my little slice of it. That is awesome. If you could go a step further, if you could leave a review, if you could leave a rating, anything to just let people know you like the podcast, that would be awesome. That would be so incredibly cool. Like what I've done for our guests. We today are very lucky. We've got Andy Larson from The Last Comic Shop, a podcast that I actually listen to. We got him here today. Wow. I'm so excited. I am so so honored that I that, that I made your listening. I, I that, that's great. There's that's so many podcasts. George. There's so many podcasts, and I listen to yours. I really do. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's nice. Kudos for having good taste. That's all I've got to say about that. Uh, there's a lot of folks out there that don't know about us, and they're sad people. And you are one of the happy ones. So I, I, I am happy. That. I like your I like your show. There's a lot of sound effects. I'll admit that that was what got me like really intrigued the first time. I don't listen to every episode because like I see something that you guys have read and I'm like, shit, I haven't read that yet. Yeah. I should go read that. And so then I come back to it eventually. So I'm, I'm doing it out of order. It feels very much actually like reading comic books as a kid, like not right. understanding the, the full continuity of everything. Well, that's, I mean, primarily that was one of our major goals is that uh, the last comic shop, we, we, we pride ourselves on being evergreen. We try to make our shows as timely as possible. Sometimes we do movie reviews and things like that. And as a result, you know, sometimes it's, eh, you have to listen to them uh, shortly after you might see the movie. But for the most part, we just try, we're just trying to get as many comic book reviews out there as possible. So that sooner or later, you're going to have this list of like 600 titles and you can just be like, I read that one. I read that one. I'll listen to that show. I haven't read that one. And it's crazy. But that's I think that's, again, to your point, you're, you know, flipping through a long box. You find something. You're like, ooh, I got to read this. Oh, this is a cool cover. Yeah. And then (laughs) lo and behold, there's the last comic shop episode about that. And you're like, yeah, now I can listen to that. And so there you go. Uh, but yeah, we do that all with wonderful, wonderful sound effects. God, I, I, I love it. That's actually, I was telling you before we started recording, that was the inspiration behind the bike horn. Whenever I do like a, an edit while I'm actually like putting the show together, I'm like, I sound like a moron. Uh, I know I, I will talk to the guest <laughs> from the future. This is future George <laughs> talking to past George and right. correcting him. But they're fun. You know what? You know, it's one of those things where initially uh, we had a podcast previous to the last comic shop. Uh, Some people might know it. It was called Ghosts of the Stratosphere. And on that show, I really didn't do much sound effects at all. Uh, There were many episodes and I was very bored. I was very bored. (laughs) Mandy and Mandy gets shocked while he's trying to escape from, I don't know, a dinosaur or a cat man or something. And so I put mm-hmm. shock sound effect in. And I was like, oh my God, I have to, have to listen back. I'm like, that's the best. It's just <laughs> the comic book. That's what happened in the comic book. I'm giving people kind of like that visual cue of like, mm-hmm. you know, when Batman punches Joker, it goes pow or zam or, or zap. Like that's that's what comic books are about. That's that's what we that's what we look for when we read comic books. So I don't know. Comics should be fun. Anybody that thinks otherwise, eh, I don't got time for them. 
you know, that's fun and reading. Yeah, that's a, that's my favorite thing about your show is that you guys like very seldomly agree with each other. You disagree <laughs> more than you agree, but it's it never feels personal. Like it never feels like you know it's never like you're, you're wrong, dickhead. Like that that is like ne- that has never been <laughs> spoken on your show, right? And that's to thing. my knowledge. Like I said, I haven't listened to every episode, but to, to my it, knowledge, it's, it's important. As my as my co-host Chad says, to never yuck somebody's yum, because yeah. for, it's it's different strokes for different folks, and especially you know one of the again the things that we like to talk about on the last comic shop is the fact that it's a huge comic book tent. There is enough room for everybody. Every mm-hmm. person's taste. Every person has a favorite character or a favorite run or something, and the joy. Uh, for me as a comic book, uh, you know, host and fan is to talk to people such as you, George, like we're doing today. And to see that twinkle in their eye when they start talking about a series that they really, really loved, like, mm-hmm. especially something like my favorite question, even to, you know, when I interview um, uh, actual comic book creators, writers, artists, when we go to cons and things, my first question always to them is what got you into comics? Like, what was the first comic you read? And you, just the list that they give me, and they always, they always get nice and, you know, they lean back in their chair and they go, well, <laughs> I remember when I had this and I, I really loved uh, Wally Wood's art or, oh, I was a huge, huge fan of Joe Kubert back in the day and I had some of his war stories. And so, and, and, and it just, from there, it just flows. You know yeah. what I mean? So you can see you can see them mentally light like a corn cob pipe, and they're just like, "Oh, Sonny, <laughs> let, let me let take me you back." Let me tell you a little something about something. Back in yeah. the day, we used to get things for a nickel. It was, no, it was it, but that's but that's the thing. It, it just that twinkle, that nostalgia. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's magical, and that that's pretty much what most comic books are. It, is is a sense of of nostalgia, a sense of, I mean, that's why we still talk about the same characters that were developed in the 1930s. I mean, it's, we keep going back to the fact that there's never a different, you know, you know, sometimes people have a hard time letting go of Spider-Man or Batman or Superman. It's because it's all wrapped up in nostalgia. It's all wrapped up in being a kid again and revisiting the things that brought, brought you joy back then. And so, yeah. Hey man, that's the entire point of this podcast. Why do you think we're talking about books from, uh, from 18 years ago. Right! T- today, we're talking about a story from October 2004. We're talking about yeah. Wolverine. I am so excited. And, the point of this it, podcast, yeah. It yeah. Just, I, like, were these books good or was I 14? Like, that's the that's what we're trying to figure out here. <laughs> I um, I will say that I was very... That was one of the major reasons that I wanted to come on. This, this show in particular is because you poked a book that up until this week, I actually never read. Oh, this kind of fell in kind of one of those dead spots in my comic book reading habits. Like I would go through this, you know, you know, I started reading comic books when I was like four or five, six years old in the early 80s. And I, I, I read them well into my teen years, but around 16, 17, my tastes changed. Just let's just say that. <laughs> found other things to occupy my time and my money. So I so Pitting I found a comic gotcha. for a while. <laughs> you know? And the next thing I know, I'm turning around and it's about five years later. And I, I really caught back into comics around the time that Next Wave came out. 
Okay. Uh, and I missed Annihilation for some bizarre reason, but it was like Next Wave and Identity Crisis. I read that and and, and things like, uh, you know, and, 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 and it was a renaissance, you know, around that time. But that's what I came in. But I kind of missed this. Like this was... I, I wasn't into Wolverine, so I missed this. So I'm, I'm glad that you're we're able to talk about this today. So. Very cool. So that that's where you were in, like, let's say October 2004, right? Like you had yes. taken, a, taken a break from comics or right. just, I, just I, coming I, back. Yeah, I think I was reading some like, you mm. know, uh, I, I remember at the time, I don't even know if that was about the time that like uh, Atomics was coming out by Mike Aldred which was like the follow-up series from Madman. I was a huge fan of Mike Aldred for many yeah. years. And so I think I was still reading that. I think I was even still reading Spider-Man at the time, just simply because like. Habits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I was never an X-Men fan. Like a lot of people think that's crazy. Like this is the X-Men. I was never an X-Men fan. Um, um, and so I, although I like Wolverine, to a certain extent, he's probably in, you know, the top five X-Men I've got. I never was a big Wolverine fan either because mm -hmm. like I gravitated more towards the Avengers and the Fantastic Four when it came to teams. So gotcha. that was probably like, I was like, eh. but now that I've read this, oh my gosh, let's, let's gush. Let's you know gush. I mean? Well, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to paint the scene a little bit. I want to, I want to do some, some background work first so uh we're covering a story called enemy of the state this appeared in wolverine i think volume three maybe volume four there's been so many wolverine volumes it's yes. hard to keep up but <laughs> it was this <laughs> it was a series from uh 2003 and this story is called enemy of the state it first came out first issue issue 20 came out october 6 2004 and there was so much going on october october 2004 andy can i tell you what was going yes. on? Yes, you tell me what I what I was also not reading potentially. All right, maybe I Record can tell you what if I did read it. Go ahead. Okay, records are scarce because the internet wasn't as developed then as it is now. But this very same day, we got Detective Comics Detective Comics seven ninety nine about to hit an anniversary issue. Okay, we've got Witchblade seventy five hitting an anniversary issue. All right. Why the Last Man 27? Not even halfway through its run. Still okay. probably a little under the radar. Right. NYX number five. This is the series that had X-23, like the first appearance of, uh, oh. of that character. She was in NYX 3, so this was two months after that big reveal. This is back when that comic was still affordable. You could probably get it for like 10 bucks. And yeah. now it is uh, not $10. So no, it is not at all. No. Thor 85, the finale to the Ragnarok storyline. That was the last Thor comic that'd be out for probably two, maybe three years that was, before uh, it was, was rebooted. Was that Dan Jurgens' run? On uh, just after it, this final story, it was Ragnarok. It was Michael Avon Oming was the writer, and Andrea Devito was the artist. But that, but that series started with Dan Jurgens, right? Yes, like yes, that was absolutely. okay. I did read some of that. I, I was mm -hmm. a Dan Jurgens fan from my Superman days. And I did pick up some of the Thor because, again, he was an Avenger guy. And I liked Avengers. Yeah. Go ahead. Plus, it had John Romita Jr. art, uh, which that is relevant to this episode. But, God, right. he, just draw, he draws a good Thor. He draws a fun he Thor. He draws a good everybody. Like, yeah. there, are, there are a few people I like more as an artist than John Romita Jr. But let's, what else came out? Uh, the this month there was a whole bunch of like controversial stories that happened to be published at the same time. Okay. So not this day, but this month, October two thousand four, we had identity crisis was going on All over right, at DC. Yeah, yeah. 
very controversial. I kind of almost want to do an episode just on Identity Crisis, just to talk about why it was such a big deal. Yeah, it was a huge, huge deal, wasn't it? Like it really even was, I, yeah. even I came back in to read that. I didn't read Fifty Two, but I read that. And wow! Just like because <laughs> somebody was like, "You have to read this," and then they just threw it in my face on a bus, and I'm just like, "Okay, fine, whatever." <laughs> Thanks for hitting me with this book, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it, you jerk face, but thank you also. Uh, <laughs> Batman was having a big crossover called War Games that was happening in every single one of like the Bat titles. Sure. And 24-issue crossover that ended with like a major death that was very, very controversial. Um, okay. X-Men died? Dreams... Um, Who died? Hold on. Who died? What's her name? Um, <laughs> shit. Uh, the spoiler, spoiler died. Like the female Robin at the time. Okay. All right. All right. See, we should have you on our podcast. You'd be like a stat boy or something. God, this is awesome. Hey. If I don't, if I don't have to edit. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> what else happened? X-Men Dreams End, which was basically like, um, oh God, uh, Claremont basically getting like how he would have ended the X-Men if he could have. This was oh, like okay. a series of like out of continuity graphic novels, basically like mini series that would just come out. Yeah, I think there was 18 issues in total. And then the most controversial, I ranked them. Number one, this was Amazing Spider-Man since past. This was. Uh, oh, was, yeah, that's yeah. um, that's that Norman had Norman Osborn. Yeah, had sex with Gwen Stacy. Yeah, that, and it was like consensual sex. And then she had babies was, that yeah, yeah, genetically engineered babies. Yeah, very yeah, weird story that probably didn't was, need to be there. That was that was kind of like the yeah the decline of Norman Osborn. Like Norman was, I won't lie, Norman was awesome when they first brought him back in as being like, ha ha, I am the mastermind of the entire Clone Saga. Ha ha, mm-hmm. I've been alive, you know, because I it was sad that he he died in the first place. Like even though that's a great story, you know, and and stuff, and they did a lot of great stuff with Harry afterwards, like Jam. Maddie's run on Spectacular Spider-Man from Child Within through Spectacular oh. Spider-Man 200. I mean, that 200 issue is like one of the earliest comics I can remember buying. Yeah, nice. They well, got that's me with a the great foil. one. They that got is me a with a foil great cover, man. One. Yeah, that is an awesome <laughs> comic. I had that. Like, it, it, it's it, it wears so well too. It, like, it even it's even better now than it was when I, I read it when I was like 12, 13. But no, I um, yeah, that was one of those. Uh, Norman was pretty good for a little while and he got mm-hmm. even, you know, in dark rain, I guess he was okay. But like, yeah, it's relative. Yeah. That is a black mark on his, that, that is a, that is monster resume. Norman Osborn. Yeah. Uh, in the box office this weekend, a bunch of movies opened. Um, we got shark tale at number one at the box office, the animated fish film starring Will Smith. Yeah. Yes. At number two. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, I didn't either, actually. Like, for the amount of times I've flown coach and, like, been on a bus, I've somehow never seen a shark's tail. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think. No, no, never. No. I I even have two young kids. Never. Somehow still dodge that bullet. So. Um, Impressive. Let's see. The rounding out the top five, we got Ladder 49, firefighter movie. The Forgotten, which is a drama about two parents who had their kids somehow disappear and there's no record of them, but they remember that it's not, it's not that I, great. I, these are all like, I, I quasi remember these. I think I you'll remember four and five. 
Okay. Number four, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. That is awesome! Yeah. That is awesome! That movie is the best. It was years ahead of its time. And if people, if it would have been released now, most people would think it was a comic book movie and they would like flock to it. Like, seriously, yeah. I don't know. It's all Max Flesher, uh, Flash Gordon, 1930s, 40s serial stuff. And I eat that up with a spoon every day. That's great stuff. Yeah, my dad dragged me to see that. I could not have been less interested in watching that movie. I was like, it looks so stupid. And then he took me to it. I'm like, fuck, that was fun. That was yeah. a good way to spend 96 minutes. Damn it. Giant robots and laser guns. <laughs> like, that's great stuff. That's Dreams are made of that stuff. And how. And uh, number five, Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah, that's that's good, too. It's not my favorite of that trilogy. I still think Hot Fuzz is a better movie. Like, I think Hot Fuzz had more interesting things to say to me personally as a, as a movie fan. Yeah, right. Plus, it's got like the power of great. I'm a He-Man fan, so like it has all that power of Grayskull stuff, and I was just like, yeah, <laughs> love that. But no, I, I I just like the two characters more. I think that the, the cops and the, all the stuff that's that's just good stuff. I think. Yeah. Damn. October October 2004. Man, I think this is like I was a freshman in high school. I was like two months in. I think I had like just made out with a girl for the first time ah. and I was, I was reading comic books and I actually, this was like the first Wolverine story I like really started with. Okay. Yeah. But I, I didn't, uh... I didn't start at issue 20. I picked up the last issue of this story because I thought the cover was so cool because Wolverine and a bunch of X-Men on it. I'm like, Oh, it's a Wolverine book, but there's right. more than just Wolverine. And it. like that blew my mind personally. Cause I had read comics as a kid. It was mm -hmm. star Wars comics. that got me into it. And then just like, you know, the flat, like the covers, like I was saying, like Spectacular Spider-Man 200, just like, I, I just thought that looked so pretty. I like wanted to own it as a kid. Yeah. And then just random books yeah. throughout. No, it was, um, you know, I, I won't lie. I mean, I, I did have um, I, on my home computer at that time, like for, you know, whatever I, I had a Marvel used to put out wallpapers and like, so I would just collect them. Like I would collect mm -hmm. them from my, my desktop and I'd have like a screensaver and issue four of this series was one of the covers that always used to come up. It was, he's like, and he's like, you know, cutting in half the two, uh, uh, shield agents. And he's like, ah, and I was oh, just like, yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's a neat mm -hmm. image. Uh, but it, I didn't read it. I just, just like, yeah. that's, a neat, that's, a neat, that's a neat cover, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <sighs> All right, Andy, I'm ready to jump into the story if you yes, are. Yes, let's get let's get this done. Let's get All right. this done. Like I said, issue 20 came out October 6, 2004. It is written by Mark Millar with art by John Romita Jr., inks by Klaus Johnson, and colors by Paul Montz. Whew. Let's get started. Logan returns to Japan for the first time in years, and he's there to help a friend whose son has been kidnapped by unknown criminals. With no help from the police, he sets out on his own to negotiate, but is quickly found in a trap by a group of undead ninjas from the hand, an extremely powerful and particularly dangerous mutant called the Gorgon. He's able to sneak up on Wolverine, stab him from behind, and seemingly read his mind before knocking him unconscious. Wolverine is off the grid for weeks, prompting an investigation by both S.H.I.E.L.D. and the X-Men. S.H.I.E.L.D. discovers a list of intended targets that Gorgon is hoping to take out, including Reed Richards, Charles Xavier, and at the very top of the list, Wolverine. When he finally does resurface in South America, a S.H.I.E.L.D. carrier is immediately dispatched to recover him, and he's in bad shape. Even his amazing mutant healing powers have been pushed to the limits. He wakes up and something is wrong, with conflicting thoughts telling him to kill and escape, revealing that his Hydra mission started the second he opened his eyes. 
He kills a doctor tending to him and causes chaos and panic in his escape. And he's now uh, cornered current shield operative and hand consultant Electra Nachios in a laid out trap on the aircraft carrier. And that's the end. That's the complete issue. Yeah. That kicks off this story. What a, what a fucking banger. Like this to me felt like a nineties action movie, just kind of reborn. Right. Well, I mean, it, it, it taps into uh, a very core part of Wolverine's character, which is that he's a fucking monster. Like that's, that's really like, I mean, the guy goes toe to toe with the Hulk. Um, like anybody that hangs with the Hulk, you gotta be a monster. You gotta be bloodthirsty. You yeah, you can, you can, you can hang. Yeah. And you gotta be primal and you gotta be able to take care of business. And so like, this is really an opportunity for Mark Millar, which I, I'm going to go on record saying I'm not the biggest Mark Millar fan. I am not like, mm-hmm. I don't like his writing so much just simply because he sometimes like, how do I say this? He sometimes pisses on the things that I loved as a kid. He'll take characters and he'll just be like, you know what? Eh, let's make him a drug addict or, ah, oh, let's make him this or let's make him horrible. Sure. And he does that with Wolverine here too. So like, ultimately, if you like Wolverine, you're kind of getting a Wolverine that is. It's I mean, a challenging they're story. Ta- they're yeah. going to set the table for a, a Wolverine. You're not going to like, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, it's it's fascinating because if there's going to be somebody that, you know, and they would do this later on with like Deadpool versus the Marvel Universe or Punisher versus the Marvel Universe or, oh, hell, even kind of Secret Empire is pretty much enemy of the state just later on. And gosh, right. that's that. Can I just go on record saying it's really weird that like, Again, I don't know how the internet was because I didn't read the internet when this book came out. But like, gosh, everybody made a huge deal out of Captain America saying Hail Hydra. And they made Hydra and they made Wolverine a Hydra agent like 10 years earlier. Like, I read read some message boards because I was like trying to find a list of the books that had come out because I couldn't just go on like DC Comics or Marvel.com to find like an itemized list. And I saw so many comments are just like, so Wolverine number 20, what the hell, man? Like, that was it. Like, there was no, like, further discussion. It was just people, like, their minds were just kind of, like, slightly blown. That makes me feel better. Because, again, it is is turning the character on his head. And and you kind of have in the back of your head that, like, maybe, maybe this will be resolved by the end of this storyline. But it Mm -hmm. may not be. You know, it's one of those things where we all know it is. And, and 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 it did have lasting consequences like this whole story did like eventually uh in jason aaron's run which i think comes after this in like what wolverine and the x-men or something wolverine's dealing with the fact that like he was an asshole for several yeah. years i don't know it's just so there's that plus the fact that eventually um i i think some I don't know, maybe it was Cyclops or somebody came up with a plan to say like, okay, if Wolverine ever goes off the grid again, this is how we take him out because we need to have a plan. I, I yeah. Think. Almost like a Batman level contingency for, right, for Wolverine. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and, but they had to, and he's kind of one of those characters that I think you have to, I mean, I think there's very few characters in the Marvel universe where you have to have a plan in case mm. they go rogue. Um, my question to you, before we go further into this, What's one other character, in your opinion, that's a good guy, but if they go rogue, oh, all, all shit's going to break loose. Not oh, not including the Hulk, because he's right. already done that. But somebody oh. that, like, I have mine, but I want to see what your, your pick is. 
honestly, the first person that comes to mind is probably the vision. Like, okay. I just feel like it could just be like, because reading the story, it felt like a reverse Terminator 2, right? Like the, the joy and surprise of Terminator 2 that Arnold came back and he was the good guy. Yeah. Like they basically took Wolverine, who's been an established good guy. And anytime he's gone rogue, right? He's just been like for a panel, right? Like it's been him like losing his cool for a second and then yes. being like, flustered and humiliated by that and they're like no fuck it that's the entire next six months like just get used to it like he's just gonna be a bad dude <laughs> he's actually gonna cut loose and so i yeah. think vision vision could be terrifying people with phase powers really skeeve me out like just the idea of them like like an arm going through you and then just like you know hardening or whatever like that yeah. is just like genuinely terrifying to me right. so that's that's my immediate answer for okay. like powers not not necessarily smarts Right. Well, there is a good story that was released in the early 80s where actually Vision does go rogue. Um, it's it's it, I think it happened around the same time as Secret Wars. And uh, basically Vision hooks his brain up to Isaac, which is this big supercomputer that they have on Titan that's run by Mentor and Star Fox or whatever. And mm -hmm. as a result of that, it kind of infects him with like a megalomaniacal, you know, megalomaniacal thing. And so he decides like, Hey, I'm the best person to run the world. And so like, I'm going to hold the world hostage with nuclear weapons. And eventually they stop him. But that's why sooner or later in uh, uh, Avengers West coast, that's why they dismantle him. And he okay. turns into white vision because he's seen by the government as a threat and they have to dismantle him. And that leads to Wanda going crazy and her hooking up with, uh, Wonder Man and the kids and all this other stuff. So it's it's a good. I, I forget what they call it. It may be called Vision Quest. Don't quote me on that. But if you can find it, it's a really interesting couple of issues. But my pick is, of course, the guy that you always have to worry about, and because he he has these tendencies, and he's like one step away from being somebody other. And that's that's Reed Richards. That's the guy you got to watch out for. Because he's one step away from being Doom. He's the other side of that coin. And you, it's mm -hmm. very easy to flip it. And, and then you got another Doom on your hands. Uh, and I think, honestly, Reed's probably smarter than Doom in the end of the day. Uh, it's just he's not as focused because he's got his family and all this other stuff. So he doesn't have I, that. I guess. We're going we're gonna to talk about Reed and his family and what he thinks about them later in the right! story. But, uh, <laughs> right! That, yeah, uh, issue three, we get to Jesus. that too. Yeah. But, um, uh, Reed is probably, Reed is the right answer. I wasn't thinking about smarts because like it is just like the dude who's got like the dirt on everyone and like not even on everyone but like on all of humanity. Like I'm sure if Reed wanted to he could cause like a mass extinction event like yeah. before breakfast, right? Like he, oh, he yes. You know? Yeah, he's so he is, got, he is the right answer. He's got three plans that he can pull out of a dresser, a, a drawer, and be like, "Here, yeah, man." He's he's like if Batman and Oppenheimer had like a baby. Like it is, it is absolutely terrifying what that man is capable of. Right, just easy. It's like uh, you know these unstable molecules I came up with. Now they're on everybody's clothes, and they just got and everybody gets strangled by them. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh no, my my shirt is attacking me. Well, yeah, that's because you bought. Reed Richards' unstable molecule shirt. So, <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, back to this anyway, issue. Issue, this issue. Issue twenty one came out October twenty seventh, two thousand four. Two issues in a month. That's nice. That's good stuff. Mm. "Quote: They're sliced like lettuce before they have a chance to scream." Logan is tearing through Shield agents left and right. 
Electra waits for the right moment to strike, and when she does, she stabs Wolverine in the back with both of her sighs, paralyzing him by depressing the nerves in his deltoids. She tries to talk him down, and it seems like it may work until a bomb Logan had earlier placed in the munitions room goes off and starts flooding the ship, and the passing rush of water frees him from Electra's snare. He escapes through a pack of sharks that had come to feed on the dead shield agents floating lifelessly in the water in a single splash page. Is this cool or not cool? That's that it scene is, where it's, it's just him versus the shark. It is the one of the best images in the entire six issues. Like, okay. I don't know why you wouldn't have that blown up as a poster. Like, it's just <laughs> like he's just jamming his claws into this this shark's underbelly. And it's just they're like parallel. They're just stand, like it's it's brutal. It is like, this is, I don't know. It's like ripping the head off a tiger or something. Like, it's just right. like, no, who does this to a shark? <laughs> Anyways, go on. I want to, I want to talk about the art for a second. You're like a, you, it sounds like you're a really big JRJR fan. I am. I, I am. I, I, I like his stuff. I like how much like energy and momentum is in it. I like how simple and like clear the storytelling is. I think he can get a little, I don't want to say lazy. Cause like, I can't do a millionth percent of what he can do, but like some features, some aspects of his art leaves me being like, really? That's like, I've seen what you can do. That's what you chose to do. Okay. Yeah. Like in particular, like Wolverine laying down bandage, he just looked like a bubble person, right? Like just like a completely rounded mound with just like a couple lines to show gauze or whatever. Like, it's like, it's just like things like that, that I'm just like, dude, really? But then like, he draws the coolest guns I've ever seen in, in, in like a comic. And Wolverine, like, dangling at the end of the last issue with, like, his arms out like he's, like, a fucking silverback or something, like, about to <laughs> rush, like, a poacher. Like, it was so cool to see yes. the way he blacks out Wolverine's face. Yeah, his his art so his cool. art can be sketchy. Like, that's what I say. Like, sometimes if you look at it the wrong way, it's like, ah, it seems a little messy, a little sketchy. Like, ah, the lines aren't clear. Everybody's drawn kind of huge like I, I don't know sometimes you just everybody looks like their musculature is just kind of like wow blockish almost like very square jaws very square shoulders um but at the same time to your point i feel like his his one of his strengths is in composition how he can uh use the page to its most effectiveness his storytelling where he puts things and some of his splash pages, like, as I said, like they're, they're just gorgeous. And so um, he's somebody that I've grown to like, like, I I don't think I liked him originally as much as I do now, but like now uh, anything he draws, I'm just like, yeah, like I'm, that's why, again, I was really happy that you picked this because I was like, Ooh, I didn't get to read (laughs) this at the time. And Oh, look at that JRJR art. Oh, what did I miss? And, you know, his, his, <laughs> in this issue, like, again, the shark, his fight with uh, Electra, isn't this kind of like, again, it's, it harkens back to the original um, Weapon X base under siege. Of oh, for sure. Yeah. Ex- escape uh, and basically cutting through it. It's just from it's, you know, in Weapon X, it's told, you know, almost like a horror story in which like you're, you're like, he's the, the monster in the house. Yeah. And, you know, the, the agent is just like, oh, I don't know what to do. I just got to escape from this guy. This is more of like an even, like he's trying to escape. My question with this, though, is now we've got to the second issue. And my question to you is, um, did you feel like at this point, Wolverine's still the protagonist, even though he's technically the bad guy? 
Like, does Mark Millar make him out to be like, we secretly are rooting for him to escape because we want the story to continue? Like, <laughs> we want to see that, him do some rad shit. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, I mean, he, he, he stabs that shark. And how can you not be just like, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Heck yeah, I'm beating my chest over that. That's awesome. But he's the bad guy, right? He's the bad. He's working for Hydra. He's out to kill all of our favorite heroes. We shouldn't be rooting for this guy. What are, what are your I, thoughts on that? That's really interesting. I always think about something. Um, I studied a lot. I went to a, a lot of film classes in college. I studied film in college. What am I saying? And there's like this one speech, I think, by Slavoj Žižek, who's like a philosopher who did like a lot of like film study stuff. He did like the pervert's guide to cinema, which I actually think is like a really good uh, series of essays. But um, okay. he talks about he talks about Psycho and he's like, there's no reason to like root for Bateman whatsoever. Right. Like or Bates. Sorry, not yeah. not Bateman. That's American Psycho. My bad. Uh, there's no reason to root for Bates whatsoever. Like he finds like a dead body in his hotel room and he tries to get rid of it. But when he, as he's like disposing of the body, the, the car is like going to the tar pit and it's sinking and then all of a sudden it stops and he says that's the moment where everything changes because all of a sudden you're rooting for him because like the car stops and you're like oh shit the car stopped like he's not gonna be able to get rid of the body he's not gonna be able to hide this crime and then all of a sudden you're identifying like with this villain right like i don't think we've quite had like a moment like that yet with wolverine and i think part of the problem is because there's like conflicting narrative boxes that are happening right like there's narration that's happening throughout the story and like the more wolverine stuff is appearing in yellow boxes and like the more hydra influenced thoughts are appearing in green boxes and then by the middle of the story they become kind of like indistinguishable i think in like issues three and four like the yellow box is saying stuff that should sound more like it's coming from a green box the green box is saying stuff that should sound more like it's coming from a yellow box at least in my opinion yeah, no, I agree with that. It, it got very confusing in my got very cloudy, but I think that's because like he was just like enjoying the shitty things he was doing, or he, you know, like he like it was almost <laughs> like he was laughing at. But it was like it was like a Deadpool comic, right, where there was like layers of narration happening. Right. There's, there's like the you know the in story Deadpool, and then there's like the aware of the the fourth wall Deadpool, and yeah. this almost felt like that. Like he was aware of like the sick stuff he was doing. And he was like fighting to do it. So I did feel bad for him. But that's a great point that I didn't really consider is that like he's not the protagonist. And it's almost like it's a series of vignettes, right? For like all the people he's like going after. And right right now, I think Elektra and Nick Fury are the star. Right. And uh, it's incredible stuff. Well, I, I, I guess protagonist is the wrong term because I think he's still the protagonist. It's still his book. It's he's not the good guy. Like, oh, sorry. I was, I was, I was associating that. Like, I think I use that term too. I think he's not the classic, like, oh, we're going to root for him. Rah, rah. Like he's, he's not even the anti-hero. He's the villain. And, and, and so, but I think to your point, we're early on enough in his change where, all right, I'm going to get a little psychosomatic here. I think it's early enough on in this story that we're still used to the Wolverine we know. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like a little bit of like suspension of disbelief. We're like, okay, he's not really attacking anybody that we, I mean, he's attacking Electra. She's, she's actually a bad guy, right? Sometimes right. she's a bad guy. Like, yeah, okay, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a bunch of nameless shield agents, but I also think like, we have no idea how bad it's going to get right. Yeah. Like at this, at this point, it's just he like, well, they're, a, they're shield agents. A, yeah, he yeah, stabs but, a shark. Like it was trying to kill him. I mean, we yeah. can equate with that. Good. Yeah, we good t- we you, talked man. a lot on this podcast about how Nick Fury is a war criminal. So right. the fact that like these guys are like you know shield agents, like well they probably are. Uh, 
you know, willing participants in war crimes. So yeah. do we, should we really feel that bad about him stabbing them? No, no. So, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out, uh, while he was on the shield carrier before he sank it, he also breached its security and got everything. Defense codes, Pentagon files, White House security details, everything. At a shield debriefing the next day, they realized the list was never just targets to assassinate. It was a list of people they wanted to kill and resurrect under their control. This sends shockwaves throughout the superhero community and the world's governments alike. Hell, even the president has abandoned his typical security and flown Air Force One to safety on the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier. Students at Xavier School for Gifted Children, uh, they're in lockdown. Uh, The kids are all in one easier-to-watch area, and the teachers are doubling up for their own protection. The Baxter Building, home of the Fantastic Four, is shutting down, sending personnel and employees on leave until the situation resolves. A force field is activated around the building, locking the Fantastic Four in and everyone else out. But it is too late. Wolverine is already inside the building's ventilation system, stalking the thing like an apex predator, saying, quote, 90% of accidents happen at home, bub. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're going to go after, you go after the Fantastic Four first. That should be, that should be, that should be in like a superhero handbook in the Marvel Universe. You go after them first. They're the first family. Mm -hmm. They probably have a device that'll beat you. And in the end, most of them, most of the other teams will call the Fantastic Four in as a last resort. I mean. Well, it's really it's really funny because like this show, this, this podcast, Short Box Summary, like I'm trying to be like, OK, here's like start reading Marvel comics here. And I'm just like, you're not going to read them like you're just not. These books came out 18 years ago. If you really want to read them, you probably would have. So I'm going to make a podcast where I just like explain them to you and like try to tell like a cohesive story. That's the point mm-hmm. of the podcast. And like, I don't have a Fantastic Four story to tell until like Civil War, like until like the tie ins. Right. Like oh. it's so it's just funny to me, like even though there's like the very, very good. Mark Wade and and Mike Waringo run that's happening at the same time as as this story, like I don't feel like that necessarily. Like it's I think it's good stories, but I don't think it like is moving the needle of like the Marvel universe enough to like cover right. on the on the podcast. Like I might do it someday, but as like well, a ever evergreen story at that point. Right. Well, I'm trying trying to think. I mean, Hickman's a good place to start now if you haven't yeah. read it yet. Because oh, it's so it's although so you good. need like ten more years for that. Because well, like, that God, but even that builds on like the Mark, like the eventual Mark Millar and Brian Hitch run, right? Like yeah. they have like a sixteen issue arc, and then Hickman's got like a fifty issue arc that then dovetails and dovetails into like so many other books. Right, <laughs> it's really, really impressive stuff. Well, for my money, the best Fantastic Four and place I usually tell people to start is with the John Byrne stuff in the eighties, because like the John Byrne stuff is classic. He brings back all the main folks. He really makes Sue actually a character in those, and then you get She Hulk joining. It's a lot of fun. Like that's I think, good, that's I think eighties books to you are two thousands books to me. Okay. I, th- I think that's what it is because I like, but I've read like Crisis on Infinite Earths, read that one a ton, read a lot of the, like anything Batman by Jim Aparo. Like, yeah, I'm there. I have not read the the John Byrne Fantastic Four run. That is yeah, that is yeah. a big, uh, big void, unfortunately, in, in my comic right. knowledge. But I, I bought the trade paperbacks recently through like a secondhand source, and I'm excited to just start cranking through those. Yeah. Well, I mean, so Wolverine's in the Baxter building, and he's about mm-hmm. to. He's about to try, try, and I'll use that word because I'm a Fantastic Four fan. He's going to try to get the Fantastic Four, but many have tried and many have failed. And so, yeah, what what happens in that third issue, right? Like what happens after that? I mean, what's the summary for that one? 
summary for that one. Before we even get started, I don't think I wrote it in here. I love the narration that Wolverine has before things pop off, where like he says the only one he's scared of is Sue. I think that's well, I think that's amazing. And we and see I why think, in this issue. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. And I think that everybody should be terrified of Sue. Like Sue is the most powerful member of the Fantastic Four. She's probably one of the most fan- powerful fan. I mean, all of them. I, I I have a hard time, and this is, but I have a hard time if you were to l- rank power levels in the mm-hmm. Marvel universe. I sincerely think that like the Hulk is the only guy in the top five, like he power level wise. Like sure, rest of them are like Sue and Phoenix, and like I mean, it, it's crazy. Like those are the people that really they have the power. Like they really can screw thing i mean maybe silver surfer i mean he's he's up there i guess too, he's, but... he's he's I'm, i don't want to like be exclusionary or anything but like yeah man, he's a herald of galactus that doesn't really count like you're you're playing with like com- a completely different rule set as opposed to just like shit that happened on earth you know like like right. home homegrown drama i guess is well, like a yeah I, I guess there's still there's also um Doctor Strange, because he has yeah. magical MacGuffins. Like, Dude's got his, access. Yeah. His powers <laughs> change wildly depending on what the story needs. He's like, now mm. I have this. Great. I didn't know you had that. Sure, I do. Good Anyways. thing you found that pocket dimension where they cure <laughs> cancer or something. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right, so what this happens. like the, he, So he's issue three. We're fighting the Fantastic Four, right? Issue three, yeah. You ready to get into this? I am. I All am. Right. Issue three came out November 17th, 2004 from a control room, Gorgon and on again, off again, leader of Hydra, Baron Von Strucker, uh, Baron Wolfgang Von Strucker, sorry, his full name with his title. Apologies. They watched Wolverine through his enhanced eyes when resurrecting and reprogramming Wolverine. They also gave him a few upgrades and we get a flashback of the process and it is haunting. Wolverine is laid out on a ceremonial bed and stuck with knives all over. It's very similar, I think, to like what we saw when Elektra was resurrected in like the Frank Miller Daredevil run. Right. But uh, in a ch- I'm going to say chilling more detail just because it seems like Marvel wasn't uh, wasn't by the the comics code authority at this point. So they were able to be like, what if we got really gross with it? It's like, okay, yeah. cool, good, good job. <laughs> Sue works way too hard to convince Reed to read a bedtime story to their kids, Franklin and Valeria. And Reed tries to get out of it saying he's busy working on something with Tony Stark and Hank Pym. Those are, for those who don't know, those are like the, probably the three smartest people in the Marvel universe, like four, including like T'Challa um, from, from Wakanda, Black Panther. Uh, they're in a virtual world talking about Reed's newest invention, a terraformer that could be used on Earth to make it more uh, habitable and friendly to grow food. When they asked how long it took, uh, 48 hours, Reed said, a 48 hour migraine. You've no idea how good it feels to just get these shapes and numbers out of my head. I told Sue it's more intense than even childbirth. Yeah. Yeah. Reed, well, my, my guy. Th- <laughs> well, no, no. See, this is this is the thing. That honestly is one of the major reasons I hate Mark Millar because honestly, I hate his run on Fantastic Four. I think Mm -hmm. he shit on the Fantastic Four, took massive steaming dumps on the Fantastic Four. And and honestly, I don't think he really got the layers that Reed Richards has. It's easy to write Reed as a douche. Anybody can do that. And a lot of people do. Jonathan Hickman for example, on his run, never, t- never, never took the easy route with Reed. 
He always talked about Reed as a very complex person. Uh, somebody that, heck, had a, a multi... Like, there was an infinite universe of Reeds because that's how layered that character was in his intelligence. See, but that's why I think he cheated because he didn't have to make our Reed look like a douche because he could just make other Reeds look like a douche and just, like, yeah. get it out get it out of his system that way. He could. He could. <laughs> and it's... But I think it is. I think it's the easy way out to make Reed a, a, Reed a, a douchebag. I think it... it, yeah. it it's more challenging as a writer to make him somebody that the people and really the big, the easiest way to do that is just to tap into the fact that he's a good dad. Like, again, this is not the Reed Richards I like because generally oh my God. Reed is a good. Dad. Yeah. I, I didn't include it, but like, you know, she's asking Reed to read like a, a bedtime story and he's just like, Oh yeah. Uh, can I just do it over the intercom? I prepared like a, an AI with like over 900,000 answers to whatever question. She's just like, so what's to stop you from doing that with me? And he just goes, uh, the fact that I can't think of an answer right now should prove to you that I'm not using it. <laughs> right. Because like, he would have come up with an answer. I'm like, dude, you're a piece of shit. Like, you're like yeah. bad. Like, you have, do you have any idea how much hotter she is than you? And, like, just exactly. like, how much, like how much cooler and friendlier and just like, okay, cool. I guess I'll watch the fucking kids again. Read, you know, like. Right. <laughs> See, that's the thing. And, and, and I don't want to get too far off on this tangent, but that's the reason why it's more challenging to write read. Mm-hmm. in that other way because well, it's you have the... to give you have to give reasons for the thing to hang around you have to give reasons for sue to hang around and those are the people that love him the most they're not going to hang out with him just because he's smart and it's out of habit he has to have some sort of redeeming quality that makes them say like no reed's worth it like reed may not be perfect all the time but he's worth it like he's he, you know, maybe he's an excellent father. Maybe he is a really good friend. Um, uh, I, I don't know, but that, that I think that's much more, uh, much interesting. more challenging, interesting yeah. and challenging as a writer and, and more rewarding as a reader when you get, well, I think, like I think Reed is a douche is the equivalent for Marvel that Superman is boring. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, you're, it's like, well, no, you're not, you're, you're probably just reading the wrong stories. Like if you right. think Superman's a boring character, like, Right, you're you're picking the wrong book, and that's I I completely, completely yeah. agree. I do think it's interesting that like you can tell how much Mark Millard loves the Fantastic Four in the story, though, not because of the way he's showing the characters, but because of like the world of the Fantastic Four he's presenting. Yes. I've got like a little bit of uh, dialogue or uh, snippets coming up, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But immediately after Reed says that, an alarm is triggered. And Thing throws the car that Johnny's been working on all issue through a wall trying to take out Wolverine. Johnny immediately flies through and grabs him, cooking his skin but superheating his claws in the process. Before Wolverine can do any real damage to a now unconscious human torch, the Thing enters the fight and starts manhandling the fuck out of Wolverine. And this is where it's from. This is my my thesis on how much he loves the world of the Fantastic Four, not the characters. Like, this is just one narration box. Parallel worlds flicker. Colors from space on 100 TV screens. Telescopes to the Earth's core. Time tunnels. Fetal monsters sucking tiny thumbs in row upon row of neat amniotic bubbles. And so, like, that's just, like, the stuff, like, the scenery that Wolverine was literally flying through as the thing was throwing him through the Baxter building. Yeah. And so I think that little like attention to detail, it's like, okay, you think the world is really cool. You think like the bullshit, sorry, not bullshit. You think the amazing fantastical adventures of these people, like the, like the doctor who of it, like you think that part's really cool, but the actual characters of it is, is where you fumble. Right. I think that, that, I think that's, I think, I, I, I think that's fair. I mean, I think that honestly, 
Millar does get certain aspects of it. Again, to your mm. point about the world and, and how important the Fantastic Four are. Again, Wolverine goes there first. Reed Richards, the top of the list in terms of people that the the hand want to get their hands on. And, uh, you know, it's, um, but at the same time, and I I think he gets some characters, right. I think Sue in this is a badass. Oh my God. I mean, she, I mean, are we, do you want to say it or should I about like the fact that she puts, uh, like, we're, we're bubbles in his lungs. We're, we're, we're about to get there and then I'll let you take over for a second. So you could talk about how fucking awesome it is. Okay, uh, from there, uh, Wolverine gets detained by dozens of little security robots before being enveloped by an elastic Reed Richards. Wolverine's handlers see he's in trouble and teleport him outside of Reed's trap. Thinking he's safe, Wolverine doubles over in pain, unable to breathe. The invisible woman suddenly appears and admits to placing force fields in his lungs. Yeah. So she does that, and then she's like, did you know I could also like basically make like your irises invisible and just like all of a sudden he's blind too like he just can't see anything and she has this quote that i wrote down i don't care if you're sick i don't care if you've been brainwashed you came to my house and you threatened my family and to me that means you're fair game yeah no she's she's mama lion she's yeah you know she mama bear lioness however you want to say it like you go come into their cave yeah you're gonna get eaten um, I've th- I've only ever seen one other parent as terrifying as Sue, and that's did you ever see that movie Last of the Mohegans? Yeah, yeah, dude, Chingachgook, like the like the father of of Uncas and and Hawkeye, like in the in the last fifteen minutes, I'm gonna spoil it. It's it's like the greatest fifteen minutes I've ever seen in any movie. It's definitely like the best ending to any movie I've ever seen. But like, right, you've, you've you're presented with this villain, this guy named Magua, who just seems like fucking unstoppable the entire movie. And then, like, this dad who just lost one of his sons is just going apeshit. Like, it's it's not even a challenging fight for him. Like, that's how pissed off, that's how angry he is. And that is, like, how much he just systematically shuts this dude down. It's the greatest 15 minutes. Just just Google Last Mohegan's ending. But, like, it's him and Sue are the two scariest parents I've ever seen in fiction. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you know, and, and, and Sue is right. I mean, the... You don't come into the Baxter building and not, if you come here, you're going to be picking a fight and you better come prepared. And Wolverine's not like Wolverine. Mm-hmm. You don't, I mean, Dr. Doom has a hard time standing up to the fantastic four. The Wolverine's not going to, you, th- you think you're better than Dr. Doom. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to, he's not going to, but uh, you know, one of the things, you know, that, that's great about it is because, you know, they, they always talk about when I was reading that, they always talk about the old invisible man, um, whether it's the movie or the, and, and how like he couldn't see because if he was truly invisible, then his iris would then, yeah, light would pass through yeah. and they wouldn't and light would pass through and he couldn't see he'd be blind too. And, but, and so th- they're playing with that whole, that old notion that like, these are things that you don't think about when you think about invisibility. Yeah. Um, unless you're, unless you're Warren Ellis and then you have to make like a very specific note in your comic book about how you're able to do that. Right. God, right, yeah, that was, but that was uh, such an important part of Planetary. <laughs> it's um, it's it's great that she's a badass. I think it's very good. I, I I do, I do sometimes think that it's a little overplayed sometimes with her being the mama bear. Like everybody seems to do it now, and like I'd like to see something a little bit different because she's more than just that. Yeah. But again, he did come into her house, and honestly, if she was that big of a badass, she wouldn't say anything. She would just kill him. 
to just do uh, it. Yeah. But she she doesn't. She's like, ah, you know, just in case you're in there, knock knock, I'm here. And um, but yeah, like she's the she's the one. She, even more than thing, even more than human Taurus, she's the one you gotta fear. And 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 this this is 2004. In like two years, Mark Millar would go on to write Civil War, mm-hmm. and he gave Sue like an equally badass moment there too, where like she's like the two hero factions are fighting and she's like the only one, like she created a force field strong enough to like stop the fight and just tells like Captain America to seem like, get out of here. Like we're not yeah. doing this right now. And it's just like, okay, this is like a, a much more, I guess like in tone version of like, like felt more authentically Sue without like what you're saying of just like becoming like the number one, most powerful hero in like the marvel universe right like it, it didn't seem like it was like power stretching right no it, it and it's not i mean she holds mm-hmm. back quite often in, in a lot of these comic books and so I, I again i could talk about the fantastic four all night because i i they're they're one of my favorite comic books and have been for many many years and so but yeah i i it's a good issue it's mm-hmm. a really good issue like that car scene and he's talking wolverine's talking about how like you know, oh, he just threw this classic car and he knows exactly what car it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some like, Thunderbird. Is... <laughs> He's like, they ruined that? Oh, man. <laughs> I, and it, and, but, it, but it's true. Like, he is still fighting against uh, his the brainwashing yeah. a little bit. And uh, I don't think we've gotten to the point where he's enjoying it as much. Um, you know, one one always thing that I always think is awesome is the fact that the thing has these poker games and oftentimes wolverine shows up at those poker games so i don't think he really wanted to tangle with the thing i and so i'm hoping that you know deep down like that was something he didn't want to do but yeah it's um he does get manhandled by the end of this and you think it's all over, right? I mean, th- by the end of you this, think, you're like, yep. You think, but it's it's not. <laughs> uh, just when it seems like Sue has the upper hand, Wolverine mentally calls in for backup, getting a Hydra agent to blow through the walls of the Baxter building on a flying car, grabbing Wolverine on the way out. The Human Torch follows, and Wolverine jumps after him, uh, handing a flash drive to the Hydra agent on his way down. They crash into a gas station, and a badly damaged Wolverine pretends to be Johnny to be taken away by an ambulance. Then we see him wrapped up in gauze again. And John Romita Jr. Like, you're so good. Come on, man. Work, work, work on your bandages. I'm begging you. We see Baron Von Strucker organizing a gala of sorts for all the major terrorist organizations. The Hand, AIM, uh, Dawn of the White Light for Mutants. Uh, plans are in motion. And the Hydra's new secret bankroller is arriving tonight. And Wolverine needs to be back in time for a new mission to assault Tony Stark in the heart of the American banking system. Mm. and that concludes issue 22 banger issue absolute banger issue felt like a horror comic for a second there like a like home and home invasion home intruder horror comic no it's um he he but by this time as i as i you know it's now three issues into him being a bad guy this is the first issue where you're like no he's a bad guy He's the villain in this. The Fantastic Four are the heroes. But at the same time, I'm still going to say it. You don't want Wolverine to fail. Kind of yeah. like a little bit of you kind of still is like, it's still Wolverine. Like, we don't want to see him die. Like, don't don't kill him. Don't, please mm-hmm. don't kill him. Like, save him or something. Like, that's at least what I was thinking. I was like, oh, no. I wonder... Please. 
I wonder if that's just like a paradigm of the, the medium though, right? Where it's just like, oh, this is a book called Wolverine. This is Wolverine in like a bad spot. So like if he keeps going, he's going to get into a position where we're going to see him get to do more cool shit, but then also turn it around on on the bad guys. And like right. as much as you think he's screwing the heroes, he's going to super screw Hydra by the end of this. Yes. I think yeah, that's no, I think just... that's just like, you know, chanting in the back of your head, like, keep going. Right. <laughs> like... Well, it, it's 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 like um, any classic Wolverine scene where, you know, he's going to eventually get get even like. Uh, I can't remember which issue of Uncanny X-Men it is where, you know, the Hellfire Club basically decimates the, you know, it's back in the Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah. Decimate the the, the X-Men and then he's in the sewers and he's like, oh, I'm coming for you. <laughs> or when the Reavers and the Outback put him up on the cross. Oh, God. And, yeah. And, and, and Jubilee gets him down and he's like, no, you son of a bitches. You're going to get it now. <laughs> and so like, yeah. You're right that we're just kind of like TikToking through issues, just waiting for that moment when they they get him, and then yeah, no, we're eventually going to see him just tear through Hydra mm-hmm. in the hand. Which I guess here's the question to you: Do you think that cheapens some of these issues? Like, I mean, you're talking about them being bangers, but if we're also ultimately thinking to ourselves, like, now this can't happen like long term. Like we're waiting for eventually this 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 turn to go, you know, this turn to happen and him become good again. Like, does it or are you just enjoying the ride? I guess. I'm personally enjoying the ride. I do think when I was reading it, because like I like I said, I grabbed like the last issue because I was when I started like going to the comic book store all the time, February 2005. Yeah, I was going like every week at that point. And um I think like back then I was just like, oh my God, he could like really mess some of these people up. Like just like checking out the stories just because it felt like, especially at the time, like anything was kind of possible at Marvel, mm-hmm. like more so than it would in, in later years. And I think we're slowly getting back to that now, but yeah, like with, so. with, with some, I think caveats that just didn't exist in like the mid two thousands. Um, but like, it really did feel like he's just like, oh, dude, shit, who's he going to kill? Like he's, he's got to kill someone. Like he, he can't end this with just like, oh, he killed like, 87 red shirts you know like it, it can't just like end there you know right uh so i remember at the time thinking it was he was definitely gonna like off someone important and then like rereading this i'm just like i can't believe i ever thought like yeah. like what he's gonna he's gonna give johnny a scar like no right <laughs> like, they're not gonna let him kill anybody in this like but um yeah the other undercurrent i don't think we've talked about th- thus far is uh they're building up Gorgon in the background. Like eventually Gorgon would be somebody that uh, of importance. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think this is, this is his first story, right? Like, I don't think as, he was as far as I know, this is, this is the first time I remember seeing him. Yeah. And so, um, they're slowly building him up as somebody that could be, a you know, a member of Wolverine's, uh, you know, rogues gallery going forward. And I think he eventually did. And so more, more than that, just like a major player in like mutant affairs. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, I think like here is just like, Hey man, like I'm legit. Like it's, it's like a breakout game for like an NBA player. We're just like, yeah, dude, I'm not a rookie anymore. You know? Right. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of other Gorgon stories. <laughs> I like, uh, I guess 10 of swords, like he has a part in 10 mm-hmm. of swords that came out recently, but um yeah, I mean, so so he's all wrapped up. He's in gauze and stuff. What happens in issue four, George? Issue four came out December 15, 2004. Electra and Nick Fury navigate the charred remains of a war zone. 
earlier, Wolverine had stormed Stark Tower and nearby financial institutions with 100 Hydra agents with jetpacks and, and laser guns. It looked really cool. And destroyed what Stark had been working on for the Defense Department. It looked like the fucking opening of G.I. Joe. Like, that's it what it looked great. like. It was great! Blue red lasers. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fury is told that on top of civilian casualties, that Spider-Man was also killed. Upon inspection, there's actually a hero named the Hornet a very obscure character that someone was probably really proud to create, but was just killed off panel in some other characters and some other creators book. That always makes me uncomfortable when someone kills off someone else's character. Like if it's like yeah. a main character, like if it's like, Oh, Sue's going to be dead for six months. Like, obviously it's like, okay, you can kill off one of Sam Lee's characters. Right. Like they're one of the most important, but like, I don't know, man, like someone was just like, ah. I-, I looked up the Hornet. He was like a fake alter ego for, Peter Parker at one point, so he could yes. like investigate something, but there without was being Spider Man, which uh, Spider Man was, uh, he couldn't be out in public because I think mm-hmm. the Daily Bugle put a price on his head or something. So he created four alter egos. <laughs> uh, I think uh, one was there was the Hornet. I think it was one called Prod- Prodigy, maybe I don't know. I uh, Chad would know this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This. But anyways, eventually he gave all of those personalities to other or, or costumes to other people and they became their own superheroes the sad thing was like no the no not the sad thing the best thing was nick fury's line that's like this guy gave his life for his country we didn't even remember what his name don't was. even know that his name was, <laughs> i was just like oh kick a guy when he's down like yeah yeah and it's like great man you're making me feel guilty for not knowing this like incredibly fucking obscure character like this is your fault too <laughs> just so we're 100 percent clear you could have at least killed someone whose name i knew <laughs> <laughs> right dr druid or somebody I mean, yeah. come on uh go on electra gives us an exposition dump on the cliffhanger from the last issue hydra's secret bankroller is a woman named elspeth von strucker she is von strucker's third wife the fourth richest person in the world and someone shield didn't know existed until a week ago she's a satanist and a cultist who is 175 years old she's loved presidents and kings over over that time period and she is just a major major player of world affairs and it's it's scary that the shield the smartest people in the world in theory didn't know she existed until 10 days ago she shares this while dancing across snow covered rooftops in her bra and panties because she just like left the hotel where she was doing yoga for some reason when she's suddenly ambushed by a small army of hand ninjas while fighting she comes up with an idea for stopping wolverine that's was that a weird scene that felt like a weird scene what with her fighting all the hand people in the snow in her in in, in basically a bikini yeah yeah just because it was clearly like winter in new york she had just ordered i think like 12 different things to her hotel room because she couldn't decide what she was in the mood for yet. And she like doesn't even, doesn't eat any of them, just like literally jumps out the window and starts superheroing. Leaving leaving the hotel, I think, was was weird. I I will say this, if you've ever seen Electra's regular costume, going out in her skivvies is pretty much the same thing it's it's not even the bikini and like it's not even like the bra that i have issue with it's like dude it's like snow it's new york you're not even wearing shoes like that's fucking gross to me like just being in (laughs) the idea of being barefoot in new york is like terrifying to me that's what that's what that's what my hang-up is i don't care if it's on roofs you know like hipsters go out and smoke cigarettes and fucking drop needles and break beer bottles like you know it's like gross up there you know you know wasn't she dead at one point yeah. <laughs> you, 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 can, you only live 
three three times. So let's yeah, just... I don't I don't care about tetanus. <laughs> like I've, I've died before. I yeah, exactly. I was stabbed through the chest by bullseye. I'm fine <laughs> with a needle. It's okay. Broken beer bottles, my ass. Like it's fine. <laughs> Um, at the X mansion, Kitty and Emma Frost put their psychics to work on part of Electra's plan, disabling the magical block that's preventing them from using Cerebro to track Wolverine. At Von Strucker's home, his wife, Elspeth, uh, completely emasculates him and his plan. Quote, you're a creature of the Cold War, Wolfgang. You just want one cruel system to re- be replaced by another when the fashionable ideology is the end of all things. Satan sent us the mutants to do his work, children of the Adam to usher in his apocalypse and return the earth to a lifeless tranquility. Mm. She heads upstairs with Gorgon and tells her husband Strucker to play something from an opera by Wagner to calm her nerves while her and Gorgon bone. I looked up the song that she referenced and she like specifically said, can you play this? It always relaxes me while I make love. I listened to that song. (laughs) It's like a vampire's ringtone, man. Like that. Like I don't understand how that's like possibly relaxing to anyone. So she's she's got a type, I how guess. Is, <laughs> how is any of this? See- you were talking about being on this rooftops in like bare feet and that being nasty. How nasty was that scene? I'm sorry. It was like Aunt May. Like being like, yeah, put on some Wagner so I can fuck. No, it doesn't happen like that. Come on, go pick some cookies or something. I'm sure they do it. I, you know, I watch the Golden Girls and Blanche. I, I know people have needs, but I don't want to see it. Well, it's just like she's she's literally older than the Industrial Revolution. Like she's older than the use of coal. Like I just like I don't know, <laughs> but she just older she still seems so spry. That's, that's such a, that's such a great line. Oh, man. Jesus Christ, this 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 woman. I'm telling you, this Elsbeth. Oh, Elsewhere in the city, Cap and Falcon shut down another Hydra cell, but the power goes out all across Manhattan, with a message from Wolverine telling S.H.I.E.L.D. that his attacks are about to escalate. In Hell's Kitchen, Wolverine sneaks up on Daredevil and tells him that the Hand has been after him for a long time. And I think there's a really interesting juxtaposition of introducing a Satanist villain before going to the home of the most like famously Catholic superhero of all time. Yeah, like They, yeah. Sp- they spend so much time talking about her interest in the occult and, and Satanism and, and I forget, like they referenced some like Russian philosopher that she was friends with who like invented this idea that like married philosophy, science, religion, and spirituality. I can't remember what it's called. It's like a th- theosophy or something like that. Like it's some like, you know, umbrella word. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, we're gonna go from that to like the most like by the books devout, like father, I, <laughs> forgive me father for I've sinned guy. Right. It's just like, Oh damn. <laughs> like I know he's got history with the hand. I know that, but like just yeah. the the devil to the god stuff I thought was really funny. Right. And no, and isn't it awesome that like Matt Murdock still looks like the coolest dude in the world, like the coolest dude in the world. I mean, he's just like lounging on his couch. He's just like, "Hey, I just got the perfect sweatpants or whatever." Oh man, I'm just <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just waiting for the babes to show up. I'm Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Like Wolverine's like, oh, kill you. No, I'm Daredevil. I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to get out of this. It's fine. Yeah, I'm Daredevil. Someone is bound to like use an old key to get in here and just fall down on me at any point. Right. Like that's, (laughs) that's kind of his MO. Just like chicks just falling all over him. Exactly. I'll just wait here, you know, blind. Eventually Mm -hmm. somebody will show up. It'll be okay. And just sit on me. Yeah, it's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) It just happened to be Wolverine this time. Yeah. Uh, 
Issue 24 came out January 19, 2005. The only thing I want to say about the cover, we haven't talked about the covers. The covers are pretty awesome. Like, I, yeah. I think the covers are really fun. They have, like, very movie poster quality feels to them. Right. Where I think they do a good job of, of highlighting the hero, but, like, making them look like a, a superstar with just, like, an interesting background. I think movie poster is, like, the closest analogy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul Mons did most of the colors for the other ones, which is why, like, they're, they look a little flat. But this cover in particular, this one of just Wolverine and Daredevil, this was done by Richard Eisenhoff instead of okay. Paul Mons. And that's why it has like more of like a almost like an oil painting look. Like it's got like a bit more texture to it than yeah. than the other covers. And I just thought it was really interesting that like five out of the six covers look the same. And then like this one just looks like a, like it should be in a fucking museum. But I just, right. I just thought that was cool. Well, <laughs> was you really know, it, it's it's probably my favorite cover. And, and just simply because, like, we don't get a cover of Wolverine fighting Spider-Man. We don't. And, like, <laughs> when I think of John Romita Jr., there's pretty much two people I think of. I think of Spider-Man and I think of his Daredevil because his his, his run with Ann Nascenti, uh through Acts of Vengeance, which still has one of the best issues ever, <laughs> where basically Wolverine takes a stick and knocks Ultron's head clean off. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the best pants. That's the man without fear. It's just like he goes Ted Williams on Ultron's <laughs> noggin. It's the best thing ever. But, uh, but that he's got you know the 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 miniseries um, uh, what man, man without fear, man without fear himself. Yeah, and so uh, I was I was excited to get mm-hmm. an issue of uh, Wolverine drawn by John Romita Jr. that prominently features daredevil, daredevil because i think he does draw really really great daredevil and some of the scenes i, I know you're going to give us the 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 summary but that one scene where he's like balancing on and he throws his one billy club throws the stick yeah <laughs> and i'm like who does that not even nightcrawler does that i'm sorry and and you're you're just a person that i don't know has great senses i i, I the I, the best is wolverine going you miss and then just seeing him like take out like eight people with this one stick shot it's just like <laughs> ah, shit <laughs> exactly um this story wait no sorry it's good to head uh wolverine is standing over a very vulnerable daredevil and we see electra line up a line up the sights of her sniper rifle and open fire Proud that he took the bait she laid, she gives her team orders to advance. Daredevil kicks Wolverine through his wall. <laughs> I didn't know he could do that. That was those those pretty good, pretty good quads on uh, on our guy Matt there. Yeah, <laughs> really, really launched. You know, like the five foot two, three hundred and eighty pound Canadian just clear across the room. Right, right. <laughs> it does not skip leg day. Uh, there, and the narration of Wolverine is going off. He's just like shitting all over Matt during this. And this is honestly kind of amazing. He called him a himbo, which yeah. is like, I, th- I think like the first like instance I can see of like that word being used, which like is been started being used recently. Like a, a himbo is describing like Chris Hemsworth and like the all female Ghostbusters movie where it's just like a completely hot dude. Who's just like completely dumb and just like an airhead. Right. Right. And like, even on Seinfeld, I think they called, they referred to this guy as a mimbo, like a male bimbo. Yeah. And so like somewhere between mimbo and this Wolverine comic, the, the word himbo was created. And that makes me really happy to, happy to know uh, well it, it's weird when he like they're you're you're right he goes through all these like little text boxes about like all oh, like this 
Like, oh, I can't believe that Matt Murdock gets all this push oh, and I don't yeah. get nothing. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, it almost felt like Mark Millar was like working something out. Like, he's like, you got, you got something on your mind, Mark? Are you, are you, dude? Yeah. He's, he's lamenting all the ass. Yeah. He's lamenting all the ass Daredevil got over the years from quote skanks, his word, not mine. While Wolverine (laughs) has barely gotten laid over the same stretch of time, apparently, (laughs) which is weird because I feel like so many Wolverine stories are like explicitly about like, I mean, granted his, his, girlfriends die like that's kind of why they exist and it's that sad, and but... he, he spent most of his time pining after gene which was mm-hmm. like i don't know permanent friend zone most of the time to get sure. heavy for a few seconds and then like no it's a major cock tease just go sit in the corner wolverine and while i'm with scott mm-hmm. he's his own worst enemy and i feel sure. like this <laughs> It's kind of out of context. I honestly, I stopped reading the boxes after a while because that—that that is again another one of those things where it's like I felt like I'm not—I'm going to say it. I felt like Mark Mark Millar was trying to be too cool mm. for what it was, was really. It was 2000. Was it was about. 2004. Yeah, 2005. So yeah, you know like what that, I, mean? I think it's that was like, the I'm era gonna, of people talking like that. I'm going to be Quentin Tarantino here for because it's just a fight between Wolverine and Daredevil, and I don't know what else to say. All right, mm. fine. Um, I'm sorry Wolverine has these issues. Does he have issues well, with it, Spider-Man? Spider-Man gets a lot of high quality puss. Yeah. <laughs> it's also funny because like I think Greg Rucka wrote like the 19 issues before this. And yeah. uh like D- Derek Robertson did a lot of the art on those stories. So, like I think they look really good, but like I'm pretty sure Wolverine got laid in like the last story. Like, like you know, so it's like what what, what are we talking what are we talking about here, guys? Yeah, he's got an axe to grind. What else yeah. are you gonna say? Uh, during all this narration stuff where he's, you know, talking shit on that, he drops a hint that he knows this was a setup. On the rooftop across the street, Gorgon shows up and ambushes Elektra, using his mutant power to turn people into stone when he drops the sunglasses and pick up low-level thoughts of Elektra, uh, letting her know he's aware how terrified she is. He challenges Elektra to a sword fight while Daredevil fights off the dozens of ninjas still in his home led by Wolverine. It seems like part of the Gorgon's plan was to stretch Shield Thin by having them back up, or yeah, sorry, having them back up the superheroes that can knock over buildings or fly. But here, Wolverine says the street level guys are way more dangerous because they have to be better. They don't have these powers, they don't have magic, they don't have armor, and they just have to sort of like be strong enough on their own to keep up with all that. Yeah. Wolverine and Daredevil duke it out while Wolverine's narration just says terrible things about the man. On the rooftop, Elektra does her best to keep up with the Gorgon, who is seemingly toying with her at this point, uh, talking all this shit. And at the end of the rant, he says uh, the new mission of Statement of Hydra, quote, that means we won't have to be God's slaves anymore, which is harrowing shit. Yeah. Yeah, I and see. That's the thing. I mean, maybe maybe my biggest problem with Mark Millar is it's uneven. Because he's got good lines in this. Like, there are some good lines. Like, that. I'm sorry, that that street-level thing that you just mentioned, that's genius. I mean, we all thought it, but somebody put it down on paper and said, no, they have to be, like, the best. Because you're right, like, they could just be easily killed by, I don't know, a shotgun. Like, they're, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, And that's, like, the least of their troubles when they're dealing with, I don't know, sentinels and I, I don't know the, the wrecking crew and yeah what? as guardian gods of mischief i guess exactly yeah. so interdimensional demons yeah. the, like to, you counterbalance that with then again the stuff that he was talking about earlier with daredevil and all the 
you know, basically insulting Daredevil in his own mind. It just, it was hard for me to, I don't know. Like, it just no, to, well, to, re- to reconcile the, the strengths of one with the weakness of the other. Right. Yeah. It, it just seemed like, you know, I, I get it. He's, he's making good points. I, maybe it's just, I, I disagree with some of the points. I don't know. I don't think Daredevil mm. is a himbo or a, I don't think he is. He's very smart. He, I don't know. No, it, I mean, it felt like a kid just being like, oh, you think you're so cool with your fucking, with your jet black hair and your, your silver sp- sedan, you know, like it was just like a kid's <laughs> idea of just like what makes this guy's life so perfect, right? <laughs> like, right, right. Your hula hoops and your, uh, these kids today. Uh, your Hulu subscription with no ads. It's like, right. what, what, you know, what are you talking um, about? <laughs> I, uh, ah, but but you know, in this issue, you're you're led on to their major plan, which was, I guess, to get Electra back the whole time. Yeah, yeah, fuck, man. The, the the last couple of pages are intense. Wolverine falls awkwardly on a sword, and his body goes into shock, freeing his mind for the first time in the story. He tells Matt that the president is the target, and he's going to kill him tomorrow night, wherever he is. Hydra, the Hand, the Dawn of the White Light Mutants, uh, where Gorgon comes from. That, that mutant area uh, they're all working together for a new world and they just got stronger with one more hero confused since he's still standing daredevil's face drops and wolverine tells him that he was just the bait all along wolverine's body is then teleported out and then electra's cold dead corpse is on the ceremonial slab hydra uses to resurrect fallen heroes that's a pretty good ending right when he reveals like when daredevil was the bait like he thought he was the bait to capture wolverine and turns out he was actually the bait to capture electra uh that was that was beautiful symmetry it was good it was i i mean though i i don't know i'm just gonna say it like they aimed for reed richards and they somehow got electra is this like well <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah it's, it's, it's like yeah, it's like hey we we, we wanted, you know, I don't know, Beef Wellington. Somehow we got a cheeseburger. It's all right. It's still beef, right? I mean, come on. I, I just, like, that was their... And again, I think that's why it's a little inconsistent to me. Because, like, the cha- the plot changed, right? Like, mm-hmm. now it's like the president. And I thought it was about the terraformer. I was like, can you get... Can you nail down what exactly Hydra's plan is here, Mark Villar? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like... You're a little bit all over the map. Maybe I'm misinterpreting this, but I was no. Like, I mean, it it really just seemed like you know just post nine eleven chaos. Like that was like the plan, right? Like yeah. that's just what they were trying to do. Just use enough shit to like have like buzzwordy sort of like appearances and facades. We will kill the plans. president. Who cares if they? I mean, that's the other thing too. I hate to say it like this too, but like in the Marvel universe, in the six one six, the president is not the most important person. No, he's not killing the president is something you do in like, I don't know, Air Force One when it's like, I don't know, Harrison Ford. And that's what your whole movie's about in, this, mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the Marvel Universe. You got bigger fish out there than killing the president. I mean, yeah, it'll probably inconvenience some people for a little while, but there'll be <laughs> another president. There is well, only that's... one like Charles Xavier. Don't kill him. Like, well, that, that's like that line in Justice League Unlimited where, like, you know, the question is talking to Lex Luthor. He's just like, you're just doing this so you can become president. And Lex Luthor laughs. He's like, president, do you have any idea how much power I would have to give up to become president? And it's like, oh, fuck. Like, that's it's, exactly. It's exactly. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I think at this point, um, yeah, I think we're winding down. 
because we're getting to the end of this six issue arc and it's just like yeah. we got some loose ends we got to tie up and this is this is issue six this came out february 16th 2005 the story opens at the x mansion where we learn that washington dc is on total lockdown kitty pride and rachel summers cyclops and jean's daughter from an alternate future yeah I'm, we're not going to talk about her a whole lot. Yeah, it's super confusing stuff. <laughs> uh, are talking about uh, what Wolverine could do when Kitty goes to bed. Rachel says you can go visible again, and Wolverine appears, holding a modified version of Reed Richards' terraforming device made into a bomb. Wolverine leads Rachel down into the basement where Cerebro is and blackmails Rachel into using it with her psychic powers to kill the president remotely. Instead, unbeknownst to Wolverine, she slides into Reed Richards' mind and gets like complete schematics for this terraforming device and telekinetically deactivates it, like just taking it apart piece by piece. Uh, incredibly cool sequence. Uh, she yeah. then blasts his ass with her Phoenix powers and tells all the X-Men that he's on the grounds with a psychic alert. Uh, that was goddamn. She's so cool. <laughs> I, I I know like nothing about this character. Like I read like Rise and Fall of the Shi'ar Empire. That was like my first big like uncanny X Men story. Okay. Uh, like you know sticking with it like month in month out. I've gone back to like fill in stuff. But like, god damn, is it? It's just so. Whenever someone just like you know is like floating and like clearly just like knocks someone on their ass with like a huge like Dragon Ball Z style. Like you just yeah. see like Goku or something. I'm just like fuck. That's the coolest right. shit I'm ever gonna see. <laughs> I, I don't know a lot about this character either, honestly, other than the fact that, like, again, I mean, it's why I hate the X-Men and why I wasn't a huge fan of it. Because mm -hmm. it's like, honestly, like they, it's so, so far, bra, and there's a lot of alternate universes and, and timelines and this and that, and this person coming from the future and it's a mess. And, mm -hmm. and so like, it's hard really to wrap my head around it sometimes. But honestly, from this perspective, I just look at it as like, hey, they didn't have Jean Grey. So they yeah. got somebody that looked like exactly like Jean Grey. And in fact, Wolverine even comments like, hey, she built like Jean Grey. Want to take her for a test drive. And I'm like, that's gross. That's I don't know gross. why that's gross. But like uh, it, it, to like Wolverine says, like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's like his Hydra programming that's saying to do that. Not that I'm like defending it, but I'm just saying like there was at least like a voice saying that that was wrong. Yeah. You know, like, so like that. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't have been in the story, but at least someone was saying, like, this is a bad fucking take. Right, <laughs> you know? it is. And it, and it was terrible. But it, it, but at the same time, it also, again, it's that inconsistency thing. Because at the same time that there's like this kind of, these comments about, these lewd comments about this girl, she's the most powerful person in the story. Just like Sue Richards was uh, a couple issues back. Like, again, you... you talking about like th these are incredibly powerful women and 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 mm -hmm. and so and he shows it off like it's genius to your point where she goes into reed richard's minds get the schematics and secretly takes apart the thing without even wolverine knowing like that was all done awesomely but at the same time you counterbalance that with these lewd comments about her and i'm just like mm, come on come man. on mark yeah. like how, how how do you balance these two things in your mind like this seems I don't know. He seems like you're better than this. I don't. I don't mm -hmm. know. That's just my take. No, I. I think you're. I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Wolverine fights groups at a time and escapes using his teleportation jumps, but he only has so many. He escapes into the hangar and flies the Blackbird, the X Men's iconic jet, through the hangar and the floor of the school in an attempt to escape, but crashes awesome. in the nearby woods. <laughs> that was like you talk about cinematic stuff. That was great. 
I would pay money to see that that scene in a movie like that. Yeah, that was that was pretty. Because he was like, Rawr! and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> you 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 launch that, buddy. You are you deserve it. I'm yeah. back in. Uh, chasing him through the forest, Northstar argues with Kitty about the merits of killing him uh, when he clearly isn't Wolverine anymore. Suddenly, Wolverine pops out from the tree line and attempts to stab Kitty, but phases through her instead. Out of instinct, she went uh, transparent or whatever the term is. Uh, and he ends up killing Northstar behind her. He gets away a few more times with the entire X team and many of the students are working together and they're able to slow him down just long enough until Captain America shows up and knocks him out cold with his shield. Von Strucker concedes defeat and allows himself to be beheaded for failing his wife, Elspeth, and now Gorgon is the one calling the shots for Hydra. Back in shield custody, Wolverine is heavily sedated and undergoing reprogramming to knock all the Hydra brainwashing out of his system. Cap and Fury are discussing what they've been through and what's likely about to happen when Nick says, quote, Wolverine was just the warm-up warm up act, didn't you hear? This is what happened when the moderates were in charge. What the hell do you think they're going to do now that the lunatics are running the show? Cap asks if he has a plan. Nah, no plan. But I guess we got something better than a plan. We got our little killing machine back. Yeah. And that concludes Enemy of the State. Right. Yeah. What'd you think? Yeah. Well, you know... <laughs> It was weird. There was, you know, again, it's go, it goes back to that whole notion that it was hard. It was hard sometimes to, um, I don't know, move away from the concept of Wolverine being a hero because there's that one scene. It's an awesome scene where basically Captain America puts him down with the shield, and it's a great scene. But mm-hmm. like Captain America. I'll be honest in that same scene, he says something like almost like douchebaggy as he's doing it. Like something that's like Captain America, Captain America would just hit him with a shield. Like he wouldn't Mm -hmm. say like, you're going to get yours now or stay down or something like it seemed like, I don't know. It made me not comfortable. Like I was just like, like I get it. Like he just killed a bunch of dudes, but like, that seems like excessive force from Captain America. Uh, when maybe it wasn't necessary, like, yeah, like you're not, you're not the person to take pleasure in this. Like Emma Frost would take pleasure in this moment and be like, go to bed, darling. Like she, like she would have like some shitty snipey thing to say to him. Yeah. But like not, not I didn't want to do that. Like I I Mm -hmm. didn't want to do that, but I had to. So he wouldn't say anything. He would just be like, I'm I'm sorry, Logan or something. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. It, it, I'm just I'm 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 hoping I wasn't the only one that felt like that because it, it, it made me feel oily, kind of like this the other earlier scene in this book. It kind of made me feel like eh, this is kind of like I'll, I'll say it point I'll say it, it kind of felt like a little like a bru- police brutality or something. It was just like mm-hmm. it was hard to shake that. I was like ah oh, like I don't know about this. Like Cap Cap doesn't. Cap should take no pride in doing that. It's just a matter of what has to be done. And so, I don't know. That was just me. What did you uh, think? Bes- besides that, though, like story, story of the uh, on the whole. How'd you feel about that? Story on the whole. Look, if I was going to grade it, I think it's a you know, if it was one of a four scale or something like that, it's probably somewhere around a two point seven five for me. It's mm-hmm. not yet a three yet. It's it's a little bit better than average. Um, and there's a lot of neat set pieces in this. Like the concept's okay. Uh, you know, you get an awesome scene of Wolverine stabbing a shark. That's cool. 
you get, uh, you know, <laughs> I didn't know I needed awesome, that, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> you get some pretty awesome uh, fight sequences between Wolverine and Daredevil, which again, like I thought those were cool, but mm. I, I never bought that Wolverine was going to be bad long-term. So it was really hard for me to wrap my head around him doing bad things. I didn't know who really was the good guy or the bad guy or whether or not I was supposed to think there was a good guy or a bad guy. And I didn't really care. I, I'll be honest. I didn't really care about what was going on with Hydra or the hand because I thought like all of their plans were a hodgepodge. Like they had like six plans that they were going to use with Wolverine with. And there's like, we're going to use the terraforming bomb. We're going to kill the president. He didn't even get to the president. Like the last day, the last issue didn't even have to deal with the president. He was at the X mansion. The president doesn't live there. So yeah, like, but they were, they were using Cerebra. I do think it's funny too, that like the president was clearly George W. Bush. I, I, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was clearly, I, yeah, clearly him. I guess. And he was going to, and I think the second that. he looks like George W. Bush, there's no way in fucking hell they're killing the president. Right. <laughs> And so I just went, I, so I thought it was in, and so I, I think I'm going to wrap that up. It, there were some, I liked the art. I thought John Romero mm-hmm. Jr. did a great job with the art. Uh, I liked bits and pieces. There were flashes of brilliance, like the talk about the street level characters. And uh, to your point, how like the Baxter buildings just stock full of crazy uh, shit. But at the, but also at the same time, it's inconsistent. It's really inconsistent. And I think it was a good warm up. And maybe mm-hmm. like later on, somebody will take the same idea and do it better. But like, yeah, I, I it's like a, it's like a C plus maybe. Okay. It's just my thought. Yeah. What about you? What well, did you think? Of it? I, I, I think I'm too nostalgic of the story to like really be objective when I'm talking about it. It's also really hard for me to just think of this as a six issue story because the next yeah. six issues also by Mark Millar and John Romita Jr. Six issue story called Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. where it's him like exacting revenge on the very people who did this to him. Yeah. And so I wanted to include this story into Shortbox Summaries canon because we talked about Wolverine being brainwashed so many times uh, when we were talking about Secret War when we were talking about the pulse tie-in where like Wolverine is just like, they keep doing this to me. They keep like raping my mind. Like they keep like turning me into something I never wanted to be. They keep taking advantage of me. Like he's, he's going through so much shit in that issue where he's just like wasted at a bar upstate. And Mm -hmm. this is just like another example of like how Wolverine and like, even like Nick Fury, by the end of this, he said, we get our little killing machine back. But like, that's how like the entire world sees him. Like he is, he has no agency. He's literally just like the smartest fucking gun that exists in the Marvel universe, right? Like he's like a bullet you can fire from, let's say Washington DC that will kill someone that you wanted to in Kyoto, Japan. Like he he is just, that's how he exists. And it's just, oh man, I think it's heartbreaking to like, think about it like that. And like the, the pleasure he takes in, in like the, the next six issues. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to, to revisit this and see like, okay, how much does he enjoy this? How much does he lament this? Like, is he, is it just like, is he sick of killing in general or is it just killing good people that he's sick of, you know? So I'm, I'm excited to explore it. You're welcome back. If you would like to talk about those next oh, six issues yeah. too, if, if you want to, oh, if you want to yeah. finish I the have, story. I have the entire collection. I have the complete, I think they call it the complete enemy of the state, which includes mm-hmm. both 
both halves of the story that you're talking about. Cool. And so I read issue seven, I guess you could call it, or issue one of the next arc. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, as I, I think that's what it was building to. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind coming back and reading the rest of it. You know, cool. I, I would want to see how it wraps up. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping it's, it's more, it's more consistent. You know what it reminds me of? I, I, I talk, a lot of people love Mark Millar's Red Sun, right? And there are bits mm-hmm. and pieces of that that I, I think are brilliant. But there are other pieces I think are just completely, complete and utter shit. One of them yeah. is the fact that like, just because Superman lands in Russia, that there would be a Batman that would come about in it's Russia. In Russia. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. That seems a way too convenient. You're just like, okay, that's just done for story's sake, right? Like there would be, and he's, he's, and he, and he's Batman. Like, he's like, he looks like Batman. He talk, like, no, like I get it that he could be land somewhere else, but that doesn't mean all the other things happen too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, uh, it's just, uh, Mark <laughs> Millar. He's, He's something, he's something else. It's funny. Well, we were talking about his Captain America. His Captain America here actually reads like his Captain America in the Ultimates, right? Where like he Mm -hmm. is like more of like a kind of a fascist in that book, right? Like he's like super ultra conservative in like a really concerning way that like no one else seems to care about. They just like, oh, well, greatest generation. What can you do? Yeah. And so it it feels a little bit like that character just sort of bled into this. Right. It's it's to the point. It's I said it at the top of the show. Sometimes Mark Millar takes my character, some of my favorite people from childhood, and just decides to piss on them. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, that 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 hurts. That hurts. Right. You know, go make up your own characters and then piss on those people because I won't read it. But you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's sad. But um, but then again, he has these flashes of brilliance. He does. He's got some neat ideas and yeah. You know, um. Like, uh, uh, what was it? Um, I liked the first couple issues of Old Man Logan. I really did. Oh, yeah. Really Super did. fun. With the, with the dino- Venom dinosaurs. That was fun. Mm-hmm. I even did I like, when- I, I love his Ultimates work. Like, I, I generally love the Ultimate Universe. And I think he's actually, like, I know Ultimate Spider-Man gets all the praise. But, like, I think that's just kind of like a cover song of, like, the, the Ditko Lee stuff that I've read. And so I genuinely, like, appreciate Millar trying to do something different with right. like a similar similar background so I, I really dig that stuff um yeah. yeah his 616 work civil war in particular i think is really good from a nostalgia standpoint but also just incredibly uneven with just like moments where yeah it, it seems like no, that I... captain america is the guy who yells you think this letter on my head stands for france which like 616 which is like fucking never say because even he knows that's right. like a lame line but like but ultimate yeah. cap it makes sense yeah well, I mean, it was weird how, you know, and again, I, I keep on going back to that, but like in, in, in Civil War, how they, um, it started off, it was kind of like an even keel, right? But by the end of it, you're like, no, 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 Iron Man's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Iron Man's the bad guy. Like you Clearly. can't not think of Iron Man. And it's unfortunate because you, you shouldn't, like if it's a true Civil War, you should pick, you know, you should be able to pick a side maybe both equally but i mean come on they 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 clone thor and then like like the things that they do no like they're they're going towards like yeah uh, they they made guan they made guantanamo bay in the negative zone (laughs) like it's 
I mean, he's telling a story, and again, Flash is a brilliance, but at the same time, it's mm-hmm. just like, uh, it seems a little lazy. Like, do something a little, I don't know. Uh, Flash is a brilliance, I think, is the best way to put it. But, uh, Andy, that's all I got, man. Um, okay. Where, is that all you got? We we good? We wrapped up on, on Enemy of the State? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, we definitely are. I'm excited because I feel like when we jump into Agent of Shield, we're going to excise some more of these demons as we as we work our way through that story too. Good, but, good. But, I'm looking uh, forward to it. Andy, like I said at the top of the show, I genuinely love your podcast. So if you could please tell my listeners one more time where they can find your podcast, where they can listen to your podcast, where they can find you on Twitter, all your socials, go for all it. All right, awesome. Well, you can definitely find The Last Comic Shop every single week over at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. It's a terrific place where we've got all those podcasting links. So, like, you like Apple Podcasts, you like uh, Google Play, you like Spotify, they're all there. So go out to that website, click, pick one of those, and listen to us every Tuesday. We've got brand new episodes every single Tuesday where we pick a book. And not only that, but we have awesome, an awesome section at the end where there's recommendations. So even if you haven't really read the book that we, we covered that week, at least fast forward to the end, like the last, I don't know, 15 minutes. And you can hear three other books that we really like that you can check out at your local comic book shop today and uh, read for yourself. You can find us on the socials at Last Comic Shop on Twitter and Instagram. We're technically still on Facebook, too, but we don't ever check that place um and yeah that's that's pretty much it i'm andy larson you can find me at black angus andy at on twitter um i sometimes post there but mostly i'm on at last comic shop so make sure that you check us out and all of our comic book goodness cool are you gonna be doing spaces again for uh for she hulk when that show comes out uh, i think i might honestly um i i will be very honest i didn't watch ms marvel like i ended up ultimately not watching it not because i didn't i i, I it's just i i i found myself watching the boys at the same time like i had not watched season two of the boys or season three of the boys and i was just like everyone was talking about season three of the boys and i'm like okay i should watch this and so that like ended up taking all my time and then once mm. i was done with that i discovered primal on uh, adult oh, swim man that show fucks yeah that show's great that is the best <laughs> show ever i just tore through that so now i now i'm done with primal i've caught up like now i'm i'm i'm, I'm up to date on that so like now i finally have some time for ms marvel but she hulk's coming around the corner so like mm. i really do like our twitter spaces i think they're a great opportunity for folks to connect um and that's what it's all about uh finding folks like you george being able to come on your show and talk about comic books i thank you so much for giving me this opportunity because it's really nice to just talk as fans about what we liked and what we didn't like and you, you do a wonderful job on this show so keep listening to short box <laughs> summary you heard it from me i'm nobody but you still heard it from me and i'll say it till the end of time it's a great show and thank you so much for having me on I really appreciate that, Andy. Thank you. And if you don't listen to The Last Comic Shop, please check it out. Like I said, I, I actually listen to it. Like, I, I can't stress it. It's just like, you know how many times, like, friends are just like, hey, man, you should really watch a show. And you're like, yeah, totally. And then you just, like, don't watch a show. Uh, I I forget who, like, recommended your show to me. Or, like, I, I think I just, like, saw you on, on Twitter one day as I was, like, trying to get out into, like, the, the comic space. And... um 
it's just like, oh man, I wonder what these guys are like. It's like, I don't know. We'll see. And then I listen to him like, fuck, this is actually enjoyable. And then I was so happy because like, I mostly just listen to sports podcasts. So the fact that I have a podcast that like, doesn't depend on like the NBA season or the NFL season <laughs> or something. I'm just like, oh my God, I actually have like a consistent podcast that I can listen to each week. And like, I'm a sports fan. So like, sometimes they talk about my team not doing well. And I'm like, I don't want to listen to this episode because I watch those fucking games. Like, I, I don't need to relive it. But like, yeah. It's cool. You guys aren't the Celtics. You can't break my heart the way the Celtics can. So it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be fine. I did want to ask you: Is there a particular book that we've covered in the last comic shop that you were like, "Yeah, I'm glad they did that one." I, I'm just curious. The, the one I'm really happy about is a uh, was a Fantastic Four life story. Yeah, just be yeah, just did. because uh, that's like a format of books that like I've never really jumped into i think i read spider-man life story like the first issue like dealing with the 60s but like i right i've read significantly less fantastic four than you have but like i i love everything i've read like i consider them probably like one of my favorite comics and like the, the current run i'm really enjoying like the dan slot rachel stott stuff like i actually think that's like a really fun book right um yeah but uh, I was really curious about checking out that book. So I wanted to know what you guys had to say about it. And uh, I love yeah. the mixed reactions. The mixed reactions actually made me way more interested in that book. Well, 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 thank you. I mean, it, yeah. it was, I, I love that episode because we uh, started off with the, uh, the play on the old uh, 1970s Fantastic Four cartoon. I, I, yeah. love that. <laughs> I, I love anytime, again, me and my sound effects. I love anytime we get to be creative. I assume uh, when that Alex Ross Fantastic Four story comes out this summer, I assume that's going to be like a a book you're going to cover, or do you already have I'm like the next try. couple of weeks? Like we out? have so many books uh, lined up for the next couple of months. We're going to have a Marvel month in November. Um, I'm not exactly sure what we're going to pick for those ones uh, yet. I know that you know when Wakanda Forever drops, we're probably going to um, we're going to probably read. Um, and just in case you have any listeners out there, make sure that you guys go and get those penguin uh, hardback books that uh, they made a Black Panther one. They made a Captain America one. They made a, a, a um, an amazing Spider-Man one. Penguin Publishing put them out. And oh, my gosh, mm. they're gorgeous. And especially the Black Panther one. We're going to be covering it on the show. And it basically does uh, the entire run of a story called Panther's Rage, which Don McGregor did in the 1970s uh, in the Jungle Action book. And uh, it's a wonderful story. He was under intense pressure at that time to basically have the Avengers show up in the Black Panther books, uh, the Fantastic Four show up in the, uh, the Black Panther books. And he said, no, for once, I just want to tell a story about Wakanda and Black Panther. Is that okay? And he, he basically fought editorial uh, demands for him to put other people in the book. And it paid off because it's in the middle of the 70s. You got this wonderful storyline that runs, I don't know, gosh, like 12, 13, 14, 15 issues. Um, and it's great. It's got wonderful art. And uh, yeah, can't, have, can't recommend it enough. Cool. I will add that one to the list. Absolutely. Andy. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm going to cut you loose. I think I've uh, taken up more than enough of your time. Well, thank uh, you everyone so much is, again. <laughs> yeah, everyone is listening. Please like uh, Vandy, Black Angus Andy on Twitter and Last, Last Comic Shop on Twitter. And uh, we'll be back in your ear holes next week talking about something Marvel, something fantastic. Actually, no, I lied. I know what we're covering next week. We are covering uh, Hulk, the Ang Lee movie. 
from 2003. That, that is what we're covering next week. So look forward to weird transitions between scenes, like Super Smash Cuts and uh, Nick Nolte. Get ready for Nick Nolte, yeah. baby. <laughs> giant, giant jellyfish. And yeah, giant weird jellyfish. Poodle. Dogs. And yeah, poodles galore and lightning monsters. Get ready for it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Until next time, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.